The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. We appreciate you listening to this podcast. And please rate and review it. And if you haven't subscribed for free, please subscribe for free. We're going to be talking Eagles over the next couple of weeks. We've got a special guest coming up next week, but we've got two good guests this week. Barrett Brooks, she's going to talk about the 53-man roster and the roster cuts. And joining us right now, Anthony Harris, the new Eagles safety. You're going to get to know him a little bit. So thanks for listening, everybody. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, let's welcome in New Eagles safety, Anthony Harris. And Anthony, of course, uh, you're getting a feel of Philadelphia now. And then good news this week, Rodney McLeod for the first time is out there. Now, it's only individual drills, but how important is it to see Rodney out there? Because you guys want to form a pretty good safety tandem back there, right? Yeah, I think that's an exciting time. Um, you know, another, another step for him. But to get him back out there um, is exciting. You know, as a player, as a teammate, um, as a friend, somebody who's known him for a while, um, it's nice to see him back out there doing what he loves. And then as a teammate, it's nice to have a guy like that who's a leader, um, sets a good example to be able to get back out there on the field with us. You guys have a really cool relationship. I think there was some mentoring involved, right? Um, is it hard to build the chemistry with him uh, when he hasn't been able to be on the field at all? Well, I think we just have that natural connection in terms of being able to communicate with each other, um, talking a lot of football, you know, having some experience of, you know, being in the same locker room from college. Um, it's just an opportunity for us to, you know, continue to build, continue to talk football, and continue to sp- spread our experience, not only between one another, between the group and the rest of the team. Now, it's probably been tough. You're coming into a new system, a new team, and building continuity. Uh, Kayvon Wallace has kind of been in and out. You've got some other safeties back there. Is the hope that Rodney will be out there for the season opener? Yeah, I think that's the, that's the key thing, is like continuing to gel with everybody. Um, you know, getting to know your teammates. For myself, that's been a challenge in terms of just getting everybody in the locker room. And in terms of working with different people, you know, we want to develop that type of depth, you know, in the team, not just at safety, but at all the positions. So, you know, getting to work with different people and work with the different talents, um, it's been exciting. It's been a, you know, a challenge, but at the same time, it's been something that we've all embraced and we just attacked on a day-to-day basis. Now, I heard from you uh, that it was important for you to not only build that relationship on the field, but get to know your teammates in the locker room. What's that like, kind of building that bond with everybody, especially on defense? Yeah, I think you know when you get to know people down, deep down and you know that story, where they come from, what they've been through, you really get to become a fan of the person and, and a fan of the work that they're out there doing. So um, to be able to understand the background that the different players come from, you know, knowing, you know, that the things that they want to get accomplished, you become, you know, one of their biggest supporters, not just from the hopes of, you know, they can help us do some positive things on the field, but from an individual standpoint, you know, the things that they're trying to get accomplished and you just can cheer for them that much more. Now, obviously, you guys only had two preseason games this year, but Nick Sirianni talks about the joint practices being really, really good work. 
Are you going to be ready physically and knowing the system for the season? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about, you know, going out there and competing. And, and the joint practices, um, from my experiences, you know, have been great. And then this year, having them, you know, twice, you know, seeing two different teams, getting those two practices against them before the preseason, um, they feel it feel really intense in terms of, you know, going out there, the physicality. But then also, you know, some of the things you want to try to get done from a scheme standpoint, you get to work that a little bit more and kind of, you know, cut it loose a little bit. So, I mean, everybody's excited for the season and we're just ready to get going and, and get things going. So you're new in this city. Jonathan Gannon is new, new coaching staff. Can you tell Philly what a Jonathan Gannon defense is going to feel like or look like? ton of energy um, you know that's that's our philosophy you know hustle intensity takeaways so everybody's just you know focusing on executing doing their job being where they're supposed to be but once the ball declares where it is whether it's a run or pass we want to get all 11 hats to the ball and you know play with physicality and a ton of energy and then just go around and have fun and, and try to be successful as much as possible so I know he is preaching takeaways and go up there strip the ball away in practice does he even have rewards at all does he have a reward system for guys who are getting takeaways or stripping the ball away well i think you know that the rewards are kind of built in themselves um you know as a defensive player you don't get the chance to get the ball in your hands a lot so um for a lot of times when you get that ball in your hand whether it's a fumble or interception um that's that's a ton of excitement um not only for yourself but for the team for the other defensive players you know, you get that escort heading the other way, and then in terms of, you know, celebrating, taking pictures, and doing all those things, that's the kind of reward that you get. The reward is, you know, doing all the tough things, running each play, not knowing when the ball is going to pop out or when you're going to be in position. And then when you're finally there and it happens, that's the reward is, you know, all those other reps of maybe, maybe not being there, maybe not popping out, and that one time is, is that excitement. He had seven interceptions a couple years ago, including the playoffs, and that was the most in the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, how much is that from your preparation and your studying, read and react from that knowledge you have going into games? Yeah, I think, you know, from an interception standpoint, you know, it's hand-to-hand. -hand. You know, you have to have a good pass rush. You have to be able to execute in the back end. You have to be able to trust all the people around you and everybody to be in the right place at the right time. You know, it's not something you can just – run around and freelance and make plays. It's really just about, you know, studying, knowing the game plan, knowing the offense, knowing yourself, knowing where everybody is, and knowing when the opportunity is there, and then just taking advantage of it. And sometimes you just be in the right spot, and the quarterback throws it to the wrong person. All right, so you, you got Matt Ryan in week one against the Atlanta Falcons, and you intercepted him twice in a game a couple years ago. Is that from really good preparation of knowing Matt Ryan, or how much of that is what was happening during the game? I mean, I think you just want to execute. Um, for me, you know, not to go back too far in the past, but it was really just, you know, being in the right place, uh, playing with the right technique, using the right eyes, doing all the things your coach to be doing, and then just going to play once you've done your job, you know, whether that's flying to the ball, being in the right spot, or whether it's just a good coverage and a good matchup. So going into this year is really just about focusing on what I need to do to help this team win, um, focus on my individual assignments, and then just going to play ball. So, Philly, what can they expect from you? I mean, I think they can expect a guy who's going to go out there and just, you know, play all, play all, you know, cut it loose in terms of just flying around, um, being, what I'm being, told, being where I'm being told to do, taking the coaching. And then once that's all I handle, just going to play football and playing with a ton of energy and a ton of passion. Now, you're undrafted. Uh, you became a starter in Minnesota. As I said, you were among the league leaders in categories. Only got a one-year deal here to come to Philly. Do you kind of have a chip on your shoulder to kind of show everybody you deserve a long-term deal? 
I think every time you step on the field, you got to go out there and prove something. You know, whether you're on a one-year deal or a multi-year deal, you're out there to prove, you know, hey, I'm a player that deserves to be on the field. I'm a player who's earned, you know, what I have right now, and I'm a player who's going to earn what there, what's there for me in the future. So that's mainly the mentality is just taking advantage of the opportunity. Um, I feel like I'm in a good situation in terms of guys in the locker room, coaching staff. So I'm really just soaking it all in and just excited to play some football. So the Eagles offense, we saw them do really well in the joint practices against the Jets and the Patriots. Now, it could just be me and my observations. They don't seem to do as good against the Eagles defense in training camp. <laughs> um, how important of a role do you guys have in getting your offense ready for the season? Yeah, well, we, we want to challenge each other. Man. That's the that's the challenge each day is to come out and compete. From a defensive standpoint, we want to win every day. And from an offensive standpoint, they want to win every day. So, unfortunately, you know, both teams can't win at practice. But, you know, we're going out there and we're challenging each other, you know. And we're, we're saying, that, hey, we want to go out and be one of the best defenses. And we want to challenge our offense to go out there and be productive as well. And that's how we make each other better is just competing each day, learn from the things that are happening, and just continue to strive. Nick Sirianni says there's like a win and a loss on every rep in practice. Do you mm -hmm. see the list? Do you know whether the defense has done better than the offense? Yeah, that's, that's part of it. Um, you know, going out there, um, competing, watching the film, you know, taking a look at the good plays, taking a look at the bad plays, learning from both, and then being transparent on, you know, who's winning reps, what we're doing, if the offense won, if the defense won, creating that competitive environment and trying to see if we can start streaks of how many times we're winning and going back and forth. And that's what's creating that fun environment and, and hopefully just, you know, helping us get better each day. Who won camp? We need to check that one out. Um, we haven't done an overall who won camp. Um, it's just kind of been on a, you know, day-to-day -day basis of, hey, the offense won today, the defense won today, you know, what's, what are we going to do tomorrow? In the weight room, we're keeping track of, you know, who's lifting what. So that way we're always trying to strive to get better each day and just trying to take advantage of that. What are some of the motivational techniques that Nick Sirianni has employed with you guys and some videos that he showed you? What has resonated the most with you? I mean, I, I know, did he show an Aaron Rowan video, the Phillies player who crashed into the center field wall, putting it all on the line kind of thing? I'm not sure if he showed that one. Yeah. Um, he's getting creative. Um, that's the one thing I can tip my hat to him um, is the creativity with the different videos and the different things that he's doing to get the message across. Um, so ultimately, it's just about, you know, getting that message out there and making sure all the, everybody in the locker room receives it, you know, is on point with that. And as long as that's been, you know, the points getting across, then it's all good. Give us an idea of what it's like to face the Eagles offense and what could make it effective. The receivers, tight ends, running backs, even catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of weapons. Um, you know, you take a look at what we have at the receiving core, the tight end position. Um, the strength of the offensive line and then, you know, Jalen with the ability to use his arm as well as use his legs, that dual threat has been tough. So um, he's doing a good job for us. So, you know, giving us different looks and I'm excited for the season and everybody's ready to go. We, we see the Instagram, uh, I think, Darius Slay, or we got to call him Slay. He does not like to be called Darius. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, like he caught you napping on the bus, which is acceptable, right? I or, caught him napping caught him on the napping. bus. Yeah, I caught him napping okay. on the bus. So that was kind of one of those things where he, he had been getting guys, you yeah. know, catching them napping. Um, <laughs> and I saw it as an opportunity, you know, kind of create a little challenge of I got him and he's been getting everybody else. What kind of guy is he in the secondary? Because he, he, he's talking all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has a ton of energy. Um, he's exciting to play, play by, you know, played a lot of football, had a lot of success. Um, so his ability to, you know, be able to be that fun, energetic player off the field, even on the field, and then, you know, turn it on and be able to lock in and focus in on what we have to get done. Um, it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Now, you're new here to Philly, but you were already doing so much in the community, and we're at Dick's Sporting Goods, and you're going to 
it's a secret, but you're going to be taking some kids to get ready for school and get them some supplies for school. Yeah. Where does that come from that you want to help out so much? Um, I just think, you know, from my childhood growing up, my past experiences, having a, n a number of people out in the community, whether it was family, friends, coaches, um, older athletes, always, you know, pitching little messages and little insight on, you know, what I can do to get better, um, you know, help provide me with different things I might need, maybe a pair of cleats or something like that. So today, the opportunity to come here and be able to support some kids, um, help them with some back-to-school things, as well as pick out a couple of items in terms of, you know, some of the things that they love to do with sports, um, I feel like that's important. You know, I feel like, you know, being that support system of, hey, keep doing positive things, keep doing what you're supposed to do in the classroom, and you'll get rewards for it. And how about your Dream Builders initiative, helping foster kids in Philly and the Philly area? Uh, why does that mean so much to you? Yeah, I think, you know, once, you, once you're able to get to a certain position like myself, um, you always want to remember where you came from. You always want to be grateful for that um, and continue to inspire people. I think that's one of the most powerful things you can do is your ability to inspire somebody else to do something positive and continue to grow and chase some of the things that they want to chase. So uh, for kids in the foster home who may not feel like uh, they have the support or maybe not have the support that they like, um, to be able to support them and say, hey, you know, despite the odds or whatever you think of the position you're in, you still can do some really great things and there's people out there who will support you along the way. And how can people in the Philly area help out with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's about just being aware, um, being aware, reaching out to, you know, some of your local um, organizations, um, you know, say, hey, how can I help out um, myself um, and, and a number of other people out here just trying to, you know, be helpful as much as possible. So it's just all about, you know, reaching out um, in different areas and trying to connect with people. Now, I think I read that if you weren't playing football, you might be a mentor or you want to help other people out. You also said you had an interest in music, maybe possibly DJing. <laughs> so I want to ask you about the music at practice at camp. Uh, who has been the best DJ? Who has had the best mix? Because uh, I know Jalen Hurts. I know he had a day. Yeah. Who has had the best mix of songs I, for training camp? I'm not sure who the DJ is. Yeah. Um, you know, I enjoyed the music that we've been having playing. Um, oftentimes in the locker room, uh, Hurts has been on the music and on the field and in uh, uh, Slay as well. So I'm not quite sure who the, who's been the best DJ because I'm not sure who has been. But um, so far it's been good, and I'm just looking to continue to, you know, build with that energy and, and music is a uh, a passion of mine as well, so I enjoy it. Did you get to have a day where you're the DJ? No, no. My my whole day was just like, you know, come out, focusing on football, let those guys handle the music. Um, you know, it's kind of a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people out there on the field listening to the music, so, you know, you want to try to please people, but at the end of the day, I just enjoy football, so I tried to focus on that. How about Jalen Hurts as a leader? Because uh, Quez Watkins told us he's not just got the receivers behind him and with him. He's yeah. got the entire team. Yeah. How does he do that? Um, I'm not really sure. It's, it's something about him. Um, it's like a little aura that kind of comes off of him and how he, how he comes across to people. Um, he's just been very vocal. And then he's also been a guy who's out there doing the extra work out the practice. You know, he's doing the routes with the receivers. He's asking questions, you know, what coverage is this? What coverage is that? How do you see this? How do you see that? So I just think his urge to continue to keep learning um, is something that everybody's picking up on. And his, his ability to continue to challenge people, not only on the field, but like guys have spoken about through the hallways, asking them play calls, where they're supposed to be, what routes they have. It's just always that love and passion to continue to grow. You get some pop quizzes too sometimes? 
No, I haven't gotten any, okay. but I've been listening to him on there, you know, just kind of, you know, taking it all in um, and really just being a guy who's supporting him from that distance and telling him, you know, you're doing a good job, keep it up, um, and different things of that sort. Before we let you go, uh, I heard you've been impressed with the sports culture of Philly. Mm-hmm. What impresses you the most about the culture? Uh, there's fanatics here in Philly about sports. What does impress you the most about that? That's, I think it's just that, um, the passion that the fan base has here. Um, oftentimes it gets talked about, you know, you know, sometimes they're too passionate or they can come off as rude. But at the end of the day, I think that's part of, you know, what I dreamed about. Um, I've dreamed about that large platform where the fans, you know, very diehard and very through and through and they're going to challenge you each day. So, um, you know, it's just all about, you know, holding yourself accountable, continue to go out, prepare, put in the time, put in the effort. And then just pitch your best foot forward and go after it. So, I mean, I'm excited for to get in the stadium, feel that energy, and just go out and play some football. Well, we appreciate the time here, and it's great what you're doing for the community as well. You're really jumping right into it and helping people out, even before you've played a game, a real <laughs> game. So we appreciate that. Thank you. All right, thanks. thanks. All right, let's bring in former Eagle and, of course, Eagles post-game live analyst Barrett Brooks. And, Barrett, the 53-man roster is out. You want to talk about it? Definitely, man. You could tell this team wanted to go very, very youthful on how they approach and attack this season, man. You look at the offensive line. There's all the guys have, are, are 2019 and above as far as being backups. Um, you got, you know, Jack Driscoll, 2000, uh, 2020. Brett Toth, 2019. Nate Herbig, 2019. You got Andre Diller, 2020. And then you have Landon Dixon, 2021. So we're talking about a youthful team. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, even the tight end position, uh, you know, they let go of a guy that I really thought was going to make the squad, you know, and, and they, they decided to let uh, bring in Tyree Jackson, you know, former quarterback from Buffalo, um, Jack Stoll from Nebraska, tight end. They gave him an opportunity to play. He played well. So you can see the youth movement in this team as they go forward. All right. Now, when we look at the, the receivers, they obviously chose J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over John Hightower and Travis Fulgham. Um, you know, Nick Sirianni came in here preaching competition, and as he said to all the players in all the meetings, whoever competes the best and shows her the best is going to get the job. So do you like that, that, okay, Travis Fulgham had a great month last year, but if he didn't beat out J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, uh, then J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is going to be on the team. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he played well enough the last game to give him a spot on this squad. And, you know, that's exactly what he did. Travis Fulgham didn't do enough. You know, you can't live off last year's hype. It's what if you dumped me for me lately type of league. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he knew he had to play extraordinary to beat out the young talent that they brought on this team. They wanted speed. He's not a speed guy. But he could have went out there and played aggressive, went up there, high-pointed balls. That's what they wanted him to do, but he didn't do it. Um, you look at, you know, J.J. Otenka Whiteside, he did that. They gave him an opportunity. He went out there and performed when he needed to perform. He turned heads enough to get him um, put on this squad. So at the end of the day, it's what have you done for me lately, not what you did for me last year. And that's a problem with a lot of these guys, and in, in now they're on the street. You know, I mean, Richard Rodgers is, was a guy that, you know, played well for this Eagles team. He blocked well for this Eagles team. But the youth that came in, the Tyree Jacksons, the Jack Stalls, made the squad because they went out there and produced – uh, and, you know, it's an offensive-minded type of mindset. So they had to go out there and produce it. He didn't do it. Now, if you're saying you need a yard at the goal line or a fourth and one, you look at the running backs, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell, 
I don't see a whole lot of size there. Absolutely. Running back. Do, do you think they still hope to get Jordan Howard like after the first week when contracts aren't guaranteed? Or do you think Jordan Howard will be on this team? You know what? I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to sneak him out there. Since he didn't have much interest um, last year, uh, Miami got rid of him. I think that they think that he can break and bring him back. You know, they didn't want to guarantee that contract. And that's what they can do. They can maneuver guys, bring guys in, you know, upon, you know, when they're needed, as opposed to keep him a spot on the on the roster where his contract is guaranteed. I know it's a terrible way to do business, but that's the nature of what they do in the NFL. Jordan Howard is by far their best blocker on the team. He's a great blocking running back. When you give him the rock, he's going to get those tough yardage. But they see some extraordinary players, you know, in the guys they have there. KG is a, is a guy that, you know, you know, Kendall Gainwell, he, Gainwell, he can go out there and make plays, and that's what they want. They want playmaking ability. See, a lot of these players were trying to play off what they did before, you know, and you can't do that with a new coaching staff. It's a it's a bunch of first time appearances that happened this this off season. And if you didn't make the best of that first time appearance, you know you begin to be an afterthought. This coaching staff wants their guys there, and they'll continue to bring their guys there. And as long as you know you're doing what you're supposed to do, they'll keep you around. But if you don't, is what if you have what have you done for me lately? All right, and and Nick Sirianni named Jalen Hurts his starting quarterback. That's not exactly breaking news, uh, Nick said hey no one else got all their reps with the ones like Jalen Hurts everybody saw that he was the one uh QB one he was out there getting all the first reps so is it a big deal to you that he didn't announce before that Jalen Hurts was the starter did you did you get a sense that maybe Nick wanted Jalen as a younger quarterback to earn it yeah I think that's the that's the, that's what he really wanted to do you know there was really no rush in it you know everybody knew that Jalen Hurts was going to be the guy um, and, and, you know, and even though at the quarterback position, you want that, you want that sense of, all right, you know, name me the guy, I am the guy, but they didn't do it. You know, and it was, was very, very surprising to me, but you know, at the end of the day, Joe Flacco didn't do enough to unseat him. They said it's a healthy competition. Joe Flacco didn't do enough and given an opportunity, I think he will play well in a backup role, but he didn't show enough to this coaching staff to beat out Hurts, so yes, Hurts deserves to be the number one guy. He's done everything. He's crossed all his T's. He's dotted all his eyes. And um, I didn't see him enough of him in his preseason, though. I will say that. But evidently, they have. All right, Gardner Minshew. Uh, what did you think of the deal? Are you happy he's with the Eagles, or are you not happy? Well, this is a quarterback factor, you know, and they, they want to make sure they bring in the best uh, backup they can. Now, the difference between having a guy like Foles and having a guy like Minshew, Minshew's in the beginning of his career. He wants to start. He wants to play more. So it'll definitely be a healthy competition of him trying to show up, you know, the other quarterback because he wants to start. He wants to play. And he feel, he probably feels as though he has just as much of an opportunity as Jalen Hurts. You know, it's not like, you know, Hurts is a first-round pick. But he can go out there and compete and play well. And he started before, had some success before, and it was even on a bad team. So at the end of the day, this goes perfect with what they're trying to preach and breed in that locker room. Competition, competition, competition. They attack sleep. You know, they they attack making sure your body's hydrated. All those things, you know, lead to a competitive nature in that locker room. And this is just the, you know, this the type of signing that will put a fire, you know, underneath hers. Not as though he hasn't been had hasn't had any fire under his uh his his belt, but you know, still it keeps the you know the the fires burning for him to go out there and be as productive as he can be and be the best quarterback he can be. You know, it's also interesting because. Joe Flacco did a decent job in the preseason. He had a good third game, um, but obviously he's not the most mobile guy. So if you right. have Jalen Hurts and if there's an injury, 
Gardner Minshew with his ability uh, to roll out of the pocket, he's mobile. Does that more align with the offense they've designed around Jalen Hurts if you need a guy to go into a game? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because it'll be two different playbooks that they would use with Jalen Hurts and then they would use with Joe. I mean, Joe, you know, is good for what his his purpose is, you know, and that's to push the ball down the field. Um, we didn't see an offense that was catered towards Jalen Hurst this entire preseason. So I really don't have any inkling of, uh, or an idea of what they're going to run. Now, what they should be running is an offense that has a lot of boot protections, a lot of waggle protections. Will they pull the backside card and, and have them out there with the quarterback, you know, as a kind of guard as he throws the ball down the field or play action. But I look to see those type of things. I look to see a lot of RPOs, you know, run pass options throughout this, um, you know, this season because you can use, you know, Hurts' skill set with that. Gardner Minshew, he can definitely do those same type of deals. It's kind of funny, man, the six degrees of separation that we have in that quarterback room. You got Nick Foles, and he was a backup to Nick Foles, came in and played well for Nick Foles. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's talking about a quarterback factory, they keep it all within the family, man, because Minshew is just like, you know, a backup to a guy that we love here for, for the longest. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they put a statue of Minshew out. Maybe it's our time to go to the Super Bowl and he becomes the backup and wins it for us. You know, so you never know, man. You never know. Now, look, you have a nice beard, Barrett, but uh, the mustache game, uh, not quite as good as Minshew's mustache. I, I got to work on it, man, because Minshew is coming on. That's one thing that he brings to the table that, you know, you don't necessarily have in in that meeting room for the quarterbacks. You know, he brings a personality to that meeting room. And I could see him going and ruffling things up a little bit in a, in a positive way, definitely in a positive way. But at the end of the day, I think Minshew is a guy that can come in, play well for this team if called called upon. And, you know, it's, 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 it's not unlike that, you know, we've been, we haven't been in this situation before. I mean, we could also see a situation where a guy like Flacco become, you know, great trade bait, you know, for some, somebody else that, you know, a quarterback goes down or they need a guy that's a veteran to back somebody up or, or even start and have those type of reps for him. So, you know, it is something that you, you should think about that he might be trade bait for something else. And it's interesting because I've heard people say, well, Carson Wentz didn't react too well to having Jalen Hurts come in behind him. Maybe Carson Wentz, when he got benched, saw how the team reacted to Jalen Hurts and they gravitated towards him. And they said, well, at this point, you kind of have Jalen Hurts going pretty good as the QB one going into the season. Why kind of disrupt everything? But you know what I say to that, Barrett? Everywhere around the NFL, they're constantly looking at players all around the league. And if they see an upgrade at any position and an upgrade you can get for a sixth-round draft pick, don't you do it? Well, you have to do it. I mean, look at the whole situation in which, you know, he's he's being put in. Man, you have a guy that's 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 still young, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it's great that, that Howie saw an opportunity to get a guy that has two years left on his rookie deal. You know what I'm saying? You have a guy like Hertz that has three years, two or three years left on his rookie deal. That's not a lot of money that's in the quarterback position. They let, you know, even though they'll have $32 million sitting in the hole for somebody that's not there for this year, but next year they're going to be sitting sweet because they have two quarterbacks that won't be on, uh, that will still be on a rookie deal, that won't be asked for a lot of money and, 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 and be competitive nature inside that locker room. They'll have their picks, you know, so it's a great situation for this team going forward, you know, and at the end of the day, I tell people all the time when I was playing, as soon as they sign you, five minutes after they sign you, the ink's not even dry yet. They're trying to find somebody to replace you that's younger, faster, stronger, and makes less money than you are. You're right about that, Barrett, and that's even the case in TV. If you start <laughs> to get that gray hair, yeah. uh-oh. 
Look out. Um, exactly. <laughs> before I let you go, Barrett, because we hear from the Eagles a lot that this team's success is going to be because of their lines, offensive and defensive lines. And you, as a guy who lived your life in the trenches, when you look at this team defensively and offensively on the lines, if, if they can stay healthy, where do you think it puts this team with the O-line and then the defensive line? Well, it puts you in a position where everybody behind them, behind the offensive line and the defensive line will play better. It'll make them look better because once you can get some pressure on, you know, on, on a quarterback and once you can keep pressure off a quarterback, it makes you decidedly better as an offensive unit. So that way, you know, Jalen Hurts can sit back there and push the ball down the field. He won't be harassed like he was last year playing in front of an inferior offensive line. Once you got two big end tackles, and I really believe you have two book end tackles right now with Lane Johnson and Jordan Malata. You know, you have one of the best centers in the league, one of the best guards in the league. You have an up-and-coming guard in the league, and then you have a backup guard that's just as good as, you know, everybody there. You have a, you're in a great position to really run whatever you want to run. On the defensive side of the ball, you can run any blitz you want to run, or you could not blitz, but know that you have people up front that could put pressure on the quarterback, collapse the pocket, and make the quarterback uncomfortable so he makes bad decisions. It makes everybody look better. Now we have two bookends at the tackle position. We have two bookends at the uh, cornerback position. And when you have guys like that that can play, it makes everybody else around you very, very good. All right, before I let you go, one final thing, because I saw you out at camp. You and I would be standing on the sidelines sweating yep. <laughs> uh, at camp. Uh, you watch Jordan Mailata a lot in training camp, preseason. Do you think that there is something special in Jordan Mailata? You, do, you don't have to think it. You don't. He'll be a bookend for the next 10 years. They're going to have to sign him and pay him some money this year, but you can't find the size, speed, and strength of, of, of a guy like Jordan Mailata. It, it just doesn't grow on trees, man. We're talking about somebody that's six foot eight, 380 pounds, and looks like he's, you know, and, and runs around like he's 250 pounds. And he really figured it out. You know, I thought the bell went off in his head when he was rocking, blocking Jamarcus Lawrence uh, for Dallas. He took Demarcus and dumped him on his head a couple of times. He's like, oh man, if I really go and I really want to punish somebody, I can do it. And from that point on, it went in his head, all right, I'm an offensive lineman. And Coach Stoutland saw that matured that in him and made him one of the better tackles in the league. So at this point, as long as he keeps that progression and doesn't become complacent, he can, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid to do it, do whatever he wants to do. He can make a lot of money if he turns around and thinks, you know, all right, I'm, I haven't made it yet. I got to stay hungry. I'm still a, 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 you know, a rugby player that used to play the ukulele. Just put that down. Let's go. Let's go fight, man. And he'll be a great player. Amazing to think that when he came here from rugby and got drafted by the Eagles that, uh, he didn't even know how to put on a football helmet, and now he is at this point. And exactly. I can't wait to see, based on that rugby video that we saw on YouTube, can't wait to see him in the screen game if they can utilize that. Bro, he could, man, I mean, if they have a lag draw, that's where he throws the guy, the offensive line, uh, the defensive lineman end up the field and goes to a linebacker. I just pitied the fool. I mean, I, I, that Mr. TM, I pitied the linebacker that he's going to put all that 380 pounds on, man. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I can't wait till this real kid really, really turns around and say, I'm going to dominate every single play. And I think he has that capability of doing. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing your post-game analysis of the offensive line play, and specifically Jordan Mailata, because that's saying a lot from you that you think he could be on that left tackle spot for 10 years. So that says yes, a lot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
All right, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And now we don't have to talk anymore about preseason. We've got regular season coming up here. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. I pity the fool. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Barrett. Take it easy, John.